0: This is episode 608 of the Prepper Website Podcast, where I connect you with resources that will help you live a more self-reliant life so you can love your people, get prepared, and live free. Today's article is Emergency Carry When Your Job Keeps You on the Road. Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is an audible version, with some commentary, of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website, a daily curation of preparedness information. These articles are some of the best of the best that have been recently posted on PrepperWebsite.com. All article links and show information can be found on the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com. Hey guys, this episode is sponsored by the exclusive Prepper Website email group, which allows you to communicate with other Preppers right from your email. You don't have to worry about your every link or your every click or your every word being tracked by social media. This email group resides on the same servers as Prepper Website. So for more information, visit PrepperWebsite.net or click the link in the show notes. Hey everyone, before we jump into our article of the podcast, I'd like to just take care of a couple of things here on the front end of the episode. Uh, the first is a review that I received on iTunes. And this is from Guy Guy from Alpena or Alpina. And so uh, let me read it here very quickly. Todd is simply put one of the best podcasters. His message is always spot on, and his presentation is a pleasure to listen to. I, for one, really appreciate Todd. His mix of prepper and faith-based messages, very much appreciated. Great info presented by a great individual. Thanks, Todd. Guy. Well, I don't know about the best podcaster. Uh, There's a lot of great podcasts out there, but I do really appreciate your words of encouragement, Guy. I really do appreciate that. And uh, the, the thing about the faith and preparedness... I mean, I hope that there, you know, there's a lot of people out there um, that are Christian Christian preppers, and I hope that that reaches this message reaches you as well. Because sometimes in the preparedness community, it's just like preparedness, and I'm actually going to talk just a little bit about this here in just a moment, Uh, and that's going to be the next thing that I'm going to talk about. And it just so happened that it all kind of lined up together, so it just it just really worked out perfectly. But you know, that was one of the things that I saw early on in the preparedness community. It's, there wasn't, there was people talking about faith, but it just seemed like there were separate things. And, and for me, you don't separate. I mean, preparedness is a way of lifestyle and faith is everything. I mean, faith, your, your relationship with Jesus Christ is everything. It is your life. And so why does it just, why is it separated? And there's a lot of people that do separate them both. And so one of the things that really struck me, and this is going to lead into this other thing that I'm talking about. So guy, thank you so much. And people out there that are are listening. Listen, uh, I was going to say guys (laughs) as you're listening, but but uh, guy and guys, right? Uh, Thank you so much for leaving your reviews. It means a whole lot to me. It's just, it's encouraging to me, but it's also encouraging to other people that are looking for a new podcast and maybe a a new preparedness podcast. And uh, so they get to read these reviews and see if they want to try it out. And so thanks again. So let's go ahead and, and talk a little bit about this. Cause it's going to lead into the next thing early in, on in my preparedness. I saw that, you know, this, this big division here and I would see people that were writing things like my family never better come over to my house because, um, they're going to be met, you know, at the end of a shotgun barrel or whatever. And I'm like, I, I couldn't even imagine like, you know, I, I couldn't, I've got a great relationship with my family and I can't imagine uh, and this person was talking about their mom, right? And and I don't know what relationship they had with them, but it was like, I, I can't even imagine pulling a rifle on, you know, or a shotgun on a parent that comes up to your door looking for help. And that just didn't sit well with me. And it just, it just, it just really rubbed me the wrong way. And as I continued on in preparedness, I wanted to, you know what, this is not right. Because as a Christian, you don't change because the world goes to, you know, the poop hits the fan and, and it's tiot or whatever. You're a Christian no matter what. You're, you're a Christian right now. You're a Christian, you know, when when the world is going to hell. And so you, you need to remember that. And that, that drives, your faith drives everything else. Preparedness is a part of that, but your faith drives everything. And so I want to give a shout out to Cal Wilson of Survival in Motion, or the survival emotion podcast, and so this morning as I was leaving for church, I had a few moments to look at my podcast catcher because I'm, you know, when I'm at home, I try to download the podcast there so I don't eat up my, you know, my mobile, uh, you know, bandwidth and everything. So I'm there and I saw a new podcast by Cal, and I'll be honest, I don't listen to all the preparedness podcasts out there because I just, you know, I have very limited time. I work very close to home. And so I don't have a lot of time driving from from uh, home to work, and so in that time I'm pretty selective about the podcasts that I listen to. So I don't listen to all the preparedness podcasts out there. I listen to all different kind of podcasts and audiobooks. And so uh, going to church though, I was looking for something that I could listen to. And you know when you're when you're going to church and you know that you've got to preach a message. You don't really want to listen to a bunch of other things that really aren't uplifting and keep your focus on on God, right? And so uh, as I was scrolling through, I saw um, Cal's new episode and it was called Christian Hospitality. So I decided to download it and I listened to it on the way to church. I was able to finish it all the way to church. And uh, a great message. Basically what it is, it's a message that he gave at a uh, a nursing home, and he talks a little bit about how you know that needs to be incorporated within preparedness, Christian hospitality, and he talks a little bit about that on the front end, on the front side of it. And I just thought it was a good episode that I wanted to just give a shout out. I appreciate that he uh, he shares his faith out there, and so I'm going to go ahead and link to it in show notes. If you are not listening to Survival in Motion, guys, there's plenty of time out there to listen to, you know, all these different podcasts, right? And so, you know, like I said, I don't listen to every preparedness podcast, but I do look at the titles and I do look at the descriptions. And that's why I I like descriptions. I like to be able to click on things. That's why I add my show notes or do my show notes the way they are, because not everybody does that. But, you know, I I try to do that and I try to look at the ones that are are really interesting and the things that I really want to put on in the inside of me. And so, now, I really appreciated this one. I'm going to, like I said, link to it. Uh, there's plenty of other podcasts out there. And so that was one of the benefits of not doing it every single day is you get to go listen to other podcasts as well. So if you're not listening to Cal Wilson over at Survival in Motion, you, know, you need to go ahead and do that. So that's survival survivalinmotion.com. But again, I'm going to link to it in the show notes. Cal is an attorney. He talks a little bit about that in the episode, but he's also an author. And so he has about, it looks like about five different books on Amazon. Cause I clicked over there and uh, wanted to check it out. And so, uh, you know, I'm going to link to that as well, to his Amazon page. And you can go see if that's something that you want to, uh, to look at. He's got books, you know, uh, it looks like, uh, EMPs, uh, dirt cheap, uh, valuable survival retreat. And he looked, it looks like there is one called the camouflaged cross. And so I think that's about Christian preppers there. So uh, interesting. I know I've, I've uh, chatted with Cal through email. I, I don't believe we've done anything on a podcast yet. And so uh, we might need to get him on here and uh, maybe talk a little bit about faith and preparedness and all that good stuff. So Cal, if you're listening, uh, just know that I'm going to be sending you an email here. I also gave him a shout out on the Facebook group. So if you're you're in there, that link will be there. I did that early this morning when I had a little bit of time before church to go ahead and do that. So uh, again, go check out survivalinmotion.com and uh, this episode on Christian hospitality. All right, so let's go ahead and jump into our article of the podcast. It comes to us actually from edthatmatters.com. And so that is my personal preparedness website. And what I do is I post things over there from time to time or when people send me an article that they want to, you know, provide to the preparedness community. And so that recently happened. I was contacted by Derek, who, you know, hit me up all through email. And he was like, Todd, there's a lot of things in the preparedness community that don't get talked about. And I just, I just feel like it would be smart if we could handle some of these topics. And he was making a lot of sense. And I was like, man, that, that's great. But I don't have the time to write something like that and so I hit him back and I'm like, hey, is this something that you might want to write? I mean, if you have experience in it, is this something that you would like to write about? And then send, you know, send me the copy of the text and I'll format it and I'll put it up on the website and, you know, we'll, we'll share it out. And so he sent it to me this week and I formatted it, put it together and uh, put it up on Ed That Matters. And, you know, this is, this is a really great article that I want to share with you. And so I'm going to go ahead and read it here. And uh, it, I just, pushed publish on Ed That Matters. I mean, it's been ready for a day, but I just pushed publish right before I started recording this. So it's just really, it's not even listed on Prepper website yet. So, uh, you know, it is going to be listed on Prepper website, but not just quite. And so I'm going to go ahead and read this one. This article is is called Emergency Carry When Your Job Keeps You on the Road. And so if you are a traveling prepper Or you are somebody who travels for your job. You're on the road. Maybe you're a trucker. Maybe you're. I believe that Derek is in in oil. Maybe, or even if you are doing trips, right? This could be like a family trip. So the holidays are coming up. People might be traveling for the holidays. um, You know, during the summertime, all that kind of stuff. And so, if you're traveling, these are things that you still can put in place. So it's he's going to approach it from a prepper who is on the road because of his job. But a lot of these things can be applied as well to just people that are traveling from place to place. Maybe you're on vacation or, or you're visiting family or something like that. So let's go ahead and dive into this one. Again, emergency carry when your job keeps you on the road. I travel for work. For months at a time, I could be anywhere between 50 and 1,500 miles from home. There are many different situations that I could face on a day to day basis while traveling through or working in an unknown area. Obviously, The situation changes from place to place and because of this, there are several things I carry that most people probably wouldn't include in a typical emergency bag. My get home bags are a bit bulky and some would say illogical. There are preparations that I have in place to get me home or through any foreseeable situation. Of course, there are too many possible scenarios to name here, but I wanted to share a few specific things for others who travel frequently to consider I guess I should say I don't necessarily try to prepare for every scenario that could possibly happen on the road or while I'm away from home because that would be near impossible. I plan for three or four scenarios that somewhat overlap to cover multiple needs and possible events. I try to stay prepared for any area-specific crime issues. The possibility of having to wait out a storm or a disaster-type situation while in a strange place for an unknown period of time with limited resources and also the possibility of having to get home to my family from halfway across the country with or without motorized travel. So let's first explore the area-specific crime issues. First off, as McAvalley said, before all else, be armed. And as we all know, different states have different gun laws, so be aware of them. But always be armed with something. One of the best things I think you can do is look up crime statistics for the area you will be working or staying in. This should give you an idea of the most likely things to look f- look out for. And obviously, situational awareness becomes so much more important when in a place you've never been before. There are several good resources online for checking statistics, but as I've, as I've heard Todd talk about on the podcast, all crime isn't always reported to certain agencies. It's a good idea to check more than one place for crime stats and specific threats. I know that this can seem like a simple thing to be prepared for, but from experience, the southern border of Texas presents different risks to personal safety than Kansas City, Chicago, or places on the East Coast and vice versa. It's usually a good idea to know what to expect before you arrive, and I personally add region specific preps to my bags before leaving home. Again, from experience, before getting into my vehicle anywhere, I walk around it and check things like tires and lug nuts to ensure that someone hasn't removed a few lug nuts or loosened them so I end up on the side of the road in a less populated area that is potentially better suited for a robbery. I check to make sure that my vehicle hasn't been visibly marked somehow that could be an indicator as to which white Chevy pickup or blue minivan to break into later or carjack at the next red light. A seemingly random spot wiped clean on the tailgate or trunk or maybe a piece of tape on a taillight or headlight could indicate a vehicle with valuables inside. Or it could mark a soft target, a person disabled or otherwise unlikely to put up much of of a fight. It could be marking the specific red Ford car that has a mother and two children who are being targeted by human traffickers. Things like this are why it's important to be as unpredictable with your schedule as possible while in unfamiliar places, or even in your hometown. But just do a quick check frequently enough to notice something out of place. I could go on with these types of scenarios all day, but for the sake of the length of this article, I will move on to number two. The second thing I wanted to share ideas for is having to hunker down for an extended period of time in a motel room or vehicle. I travel and room alone, therefore I rent a single bed hotel room. Upon checking in, I ask where the single rooms are located within the facility and request the room with the best tactical advantage, closest to the exits, the best view of the surrounding area, etc. I also park where I can see the window to my room from my vehicle because then I can obviously see my vehicle from inside my room. I carry a water bob bladder in my clothing bag, which for those who don't know is a collapsible 75 or 100 gallon plastic container similar to a waterbed bladder that goes in a bathtub to hold water in the event of a power outage or when a big bad storm is incoming and bugging out from home is either not possible or not yet necessary. I fill the water bob as soon as I can to ensure I have an ample supply of water. This next one is pretty simple. I always keep several dollars in quarters for vending machines, provided the electricity remains on while taking shelter at my hotel. Plenty of books and entertainment that doesn't require a power source is always a good idea. In my opinion, the actual plans and preparations aren't anywhere close to as important as the mindset of I'm on my own and willing to do what I have to do in order to survive whatever comes. The third thing I plan for is, as I've said, having to get home from a great distance. Obviously, if vehicles are working, fuel supply and trucking aren't interrupted and roads are passable, Then this wouldn't be too big of a problem. But take one or all of those off the table and things get complicated. I have a 100 gallon auxiliary fuel tank in the back of my pickup. It will take me a long distance without worrying about fuel. The pump that is mounted in the tank to pump fuel from the tank to the vehicle has a hose and nozzle like a typical fuel pump at a gas station and will also suck fuel from something else and into the tank with a simple reversal of the wires on the battery. I also carry another way to siphon fuel and a small inline fuel pump that clips to a car battery. I print area-specific maps of my location and route home as soon as I get to my destination. As I said, I carry more than one emergency bag. I have a large bag that is your basic bug-out type setup, except it has more volume of the normal items. A small tent and several types of water gathering purification devices are also included along with a case of emergency water that I do not drink from. I carry a bag containing a medical kit that I have assembled to fit my needs. It will give any paramedic response bag a run for its money. Not only do I work in very remote locations far away from home where cell service can be rare, but I also have encountered numerous car wrecks and other emergency situations in traveling between jobs or traveling to and from home. It also has road flares, light sticks, and a fire rescue hood that all have multiple uses. There are several smoke grenades needed for wind direction and signaling when a medevac helicopter is inbound. A neck brace, folding stretcher, large burn gel pads, and lots of other items. Then there is the gun bag. I usually carry two pistols of varying concealability in the bag and of course one on my person. A bolt action 308 and an AR-15. I keep a couple of hundred rounds of ammo for each and plenty of extra bags with me too. Now, you might be thinking, why does this goofball carry so much stuff? There's no way one or even two people could carry all of that over 500 plus miles if needed. Well, I carry with all the other stuff a modified folding jogging stroller. This is the kind that has three large all-terrain type wheels similar to bicycle wheels. It has been modified to carry most of my stuff and in the event that I have to walk home, the items I deem unnecessary for the specific type of emergency I encounter, I plan to either trade off or I will leave behind. Walmart also sells a couple of different variations of folding wagons and carts for a relatively low price. With the back seat of my pickup folded up, my two bags, gun case folding cart, and case of emergency water all stack and fit neatly into an area that covers a bit less than half the floor space on the back passenger side. This leaves plenty of room for bags containing all of my clothing and other luggage. In the back of my pickup is the auxiliary fuel tank, a large toolbox, and a large cooler containing other drinks and more water. I carry a variety of tools and different items. While this volume of stuff may not be an option for everyone, hopefully, I have at least given someone a few things to think about. I am under no illusions that potentially packing my equipment hundreds of miles in a modified jogging stroller will be easy. My plans aren't perfect, but for my specific needs and career in the pipeline industry, where the only thing that's for sure is that nothing is for sure, this works for me. My preparations, whether while traveling or my stockpiles at home, are ever-changing. It's an ongoing process of stocking and restocking and figuring out ways to better prepare myself, my family, and those around me. The world around us is dynamic. Our preparations as well as our mindset should be too. However you prepare, don't become so rigid in that you can't redirect and move in another direction if needed. All right, guys. Awesome article. I appreciate Derek and all that he said here. Uh, there's a lot of great stuff in. I just wanted to touch on a couple of things. And then I have some other commentary that I want to just add on. So I love his focus on several scenarios. You know, some people, when they start thinking about preparedness, they want to do everything, right? Or they go for the big one, they go for the EMP. And it's like, okay, we're going to prepare for the EMP and what that would look like. The problem, though, in your mind is that that is so huge, that is so big that you almost, it's like, I, I can't get prepared. I can't wrap my head around it. And sometimes it will cause you to freeze up and like, where do I start with something so big? But when you're dealing with trying to get home or you're dealing with just a few, several scenarios, right? Like one of them, and they're, they're more practical ones like weather. So they're, you know, being far away from home, being, you know, hundreds of miles from home. It's, it's not uh, impractical to think that, there could be some weather events. There could be a blizzard. There could be, uh, you know, flooding that, or a fire, right? That causes you from being able to get back home. Even if you were to, you know, to divert around it, right? And travel around it, you're still not able to get home. So it would be better to, to wait it out. And so you can see how a weather situation would be a reason why you need to hunker down somewhere and you need to have supplies just in case. And so you you know you have that kind of stuff. You have uh, you know for whatever reason other other things that happen. And so I like these the the idea of not trying to prepare for every single thing. Just there are some specific scenarios, and I'd really like Derek to maybe elaborate on that later on. Like what kind of scenarios, other than weather scenarios, are you really thinking about? Are you thinking about maybe like uh, for whatever reason oil all of a sudden shoots up? And, you know, uh, all the the gas companies kind of do a a knee-jerk reaction and and stop allowing gas to be sold for a while. I mean, I don't even know if that would be possible. I don't even know if the government would allow something like that. But, you know, is that something? Could it be that crime all of a sudden shoots up, things go crazy, and, and, you know, people are freaking out. So maybe it's not safe to be on the road for a little bit. I don't know. Maybe those are some of the scenarios. Um, You can just kind of let your mind go crazy with that. But, uh, you know, I like that idea. Look at the most practical things that can happen. Think about what happens now. Like for instance, here in the Houston area, people are thinking about hurricanes. People are thinking about flooding where flooding used to not be a big deal. Now it is because we had Hurricane Harvey. And so when there's a big rain event, like we had not probably about a month, two months ago, and it didn't affect where our area where I'm at, but it did affect know east houston and they flooded and even you know even east parts of uh you know east texas and stuff like that they flooded and so you can you can start to imagine some of those things that happen because well there's just a little bit of experience with it i mean your area has experienced these types of things so i really like that i like the idea of focusing on crime or at least having a little bit of insight into the areas that you're traveling through. Now, depending on how far you're going, this could be like a really big thing. I mean, you could, you could kind of go a little crazy trying to get very specific, but I guess what I would do if I was in this situation and I was traveling for work, I would look at the big major cities, the big major areas, and just try to get a feel for what crime is like. So like usa.com is one place, crime statistics, I believe it's crimestatistics.com is another place uh, where you can go and you can filter down to a city. Right. And uh, there's a lot of other websites as well. But, you know, finding a few of those and being able to to know that if I'm traveling through, you know, I know that this is the route that I'm going to take if I'm traveling through. And for whatever reason, I break down here. You know, what can I expect? What am I thinking about? And so I like that idea of that. I love the idea of the markers. I mean, we don't, we don't hear a lot about that. Uh, I, I know that I have shared articles on Prepper website about that in the past. But, you know, there's times where people are looking out and they're they're looking at you and maybe if they think that you are someone that they can take advantage of le- a little bit later on they mark your car in a way so where people can somebody else can follow you or somebody else can do something to the point where they know you know that that they can come behind you and 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 hurt you because maybe you are disabled maybe you're a mom with kids or maybe you know there there is something along those lines and so having that marker uh, the understanding that people can mark your vehicle. I think that's very interesting. And the fact that he said, Hey, I'm I'm talking from experience here because I've seen this happen. And so that's something that we don't always think about, but I think that's something that maybe we can start to incorporate a little bit into our vehicles. I mean, do you know your vehicle enough? Do you walk around your vehicle enough to know if something is out of place or something is, is weird? right? I mean, so that's something to, when we always talk about being prepped and aware, that's something to maybe add to your your toolbox there. He talked about hunkering down and he gave a lot of great things there. Uh, I'm going to talk about a few things that that I would just kind of add here in, in a minute, but I love the idea of the role of quarters. I mean, how smart is that, right? To be able to, if you get stuck at a hotel and you know, all there is is a vending machine. And so you can at least get some snacks out of that, that vending machine, right? Just have some quarters, just, you know, tuck them away somewhere in your vehicle and you have them there if you ever need them. So I, I love that. That's smart. And then he talked about getting home, right? The, the fuel tank, having a hundred gallon fuel tank, that's a big fuel tank. And so uh, I, growing up, we had a couple of different, you know, we would take family trips and things like that. And we had some custom vans Uh, when we grew up and uh, first one dad did all all on his own with help from from uh, friends right friends and family I mean they made this cool custom van and then the second time around he was able to buy his own custom van but I remember having or dad had a second fuel uh, you know a fuel tank put onto that but I don't think it was it was no way a hundred a hundred gallons worth right but that was one of those things that I remember that he could switch to another tank if he needed to but a hundred gallons, that's a lot. And so if you have that ability, I mean, if you are traveling and you have that ability to add gas, you know, have a big tank like that, man, that gives you, well, depending on how, you know, your, your vehicle uses gas or whatever, that gives you a lot more options. So I really like that. He talked about his emergencies, about his emergency bags, and especially his first aid, right? I think that is always one that's very important that a lot of people don't think about. I encourage you to have a small little survival emergency or first aid kit Uh, you know, maybe stuck underneath your, your uh, car seat. I think that's smart. You know, there's always, you can always find them for, you know, $19, $20 and, and put them underneath there. But then when we travel, I have a really nice big one from doomandbloom.net, right? Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy, uh, they really set us up with a really nice first aid. I mean, this sucker is huge, right? And so it's just as big as as a bug out bag with tons of stuff in there. And so we have a friend who's a nurse, who looked at it and he was like completely blown away, right? Of all the things that were in there. But then I have a smaller bag that I take with me when I go on trips or when I go on, you know, it's sometimes day trips or whatever, or we're going on a little weekend trip. I put that in my, uh, you know, in my truck or I carry it with me. And so I don't leave it in my truck when we get out at the hotel or whatever. I, I take it out with me, but it's there and it's something that, you know, it has all the things that I would need. I mean, it's not the, the big one, but it has all the things that I would need. And so I think that's smart. Sometimes making your own, if, if you can buy a really nice one, and doomandbloom.net, Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy, they sell a line of first aid kits. And if you can go over there and buy one, I would highly recommend it because these, they're not just like you're you know, from Walmart or Amazon or whatever. These, Nurse Amy puts them together and she does it right. She knows exactly what needs to be put in there. But if you can't afford that and you need to make your own, you know, make your own. Make a first aid kit, a decent first aid kit, and add to it as you go. I like that he has a gun bag. I mean he's not playing around, right? He's taking his guns, his rifles with him, and he's not joking around when he when he talks a little bit about that. And then when he is thinking about, okay, if I am stuck fifteen hundred miles away or whatever and I got to get home, and I can't do it because of my vehicle, because whatever, the vehicles can't run or whatever, whatever that reason is, then I have a stroller, I have something that I can put, it's a modified stroller that I can put all these things in, and I can, uh, you know, I can push this, you know, all the way home with all the equipment that I have, so, um, you know, that's an idea, he's thinking things through and processing, what would it look like, what would I need to do, and that comes from experience of being on the road and processing and thinking things, you know, just kind of wargaming it a little bit. And I think everybody should do that for, I don't know, for your, for your own home, for your own family, for your own preparedness is war game, some things sometimes like what would happen if, if we were in this situation, if, our, if, you know, the neighborhoods around us started flooding, if there was a hurricane, if there was a blizzard, um, you know, how do I do this? How do I do that? you know, what would it look like if there was a collapse? What would it look like if there was, I don't know, Let you sometimes if you can, without being very fearful, let it go even further than that. What would it look like if there was real societal breakdown, real riots, you know, crime went crazy. What would I do? How would I respond? And sometimes, you know, there's some people that can't do that because they don't like where it goes, but there's other people like, you know, I want to have an idea of what possibly I'm looking at and, and what could happen. And so that's something that you can, you can do. And so I love that Derek has shared all this information. So I want to share just a couple ideas that I have and just thinking this through and processing this through for a couple of days as, uh, as I was getting Derek's, uh, article ready and, uh, getting it up on the, on the website. So here's a couple of things that I thought, if you're a traveling prepper, I want you to think about this. So like, you know, are you, do you have a regular trip that you always take like a regular route or do you have a new job that you go to every single trip? And so I, there's a couple of different things there. So if you have a regular trip, so when when I was first married, before we started uh, the group home where we worked with kids in CPS custody, before I got into education, I was a liquid petroleum gas surveyor. So I worked for a company on the Ship Channel where we monitored nitrogen, uh, you know, gas going into tanks. And there was a job that I would do in Geismar, Louisiana, and that's five about five miles on the other side of Baton Rouge, and it was a twenty four hour trip that you know that I would go, I would go down there. I, I would you know check in. I'd get on the barge. I'd start monitoring the you know the offload and then the nitrogen purge of the tanks and to make sure that it wasn't getting contaminated and it was staying pressurized and all that good stuff. And we were you know leaving our seal of approval on that. And then I was getting back in my vehicle and driving back. And so that that was a normal trip that I would do at least once a week. And so we, if you're in that situation then you, what you want to do is you want to start building relationships with certain spots all along the road. So for instance, you know when you're going to need gas. So stop at the same gas station all the time. Get to know the attendants. And so I, I would, and I know I'm not saying like this to be creepy, but you go in there and you get to know them. Maybe you chat it up a little bit. You're just not going in there buying coffee, buying whatever, buying your gas and leaving you chat it up a little bit you get to know them and then you get back into your vehicle and maybe you have a little bit a little notebook and you take it out and you write down the name of the the gas station and you write down the attendant's name right and so you you get to know their name you remember their name so when you walk in there you're calling them by their name they might not know your name but you're remembering them and this if you call somebody by their name and then you know they get to know you that way then you're building that relationship. So if you were ever stuck in a situation where you needed a friend, right, then, you know, you're building that relationship. What about always stopping at the same restaurant? Maybe you you stop at the same, you know, truck stop every single time and you get to know some of the people there. Maybe there's a restaurant that you always stop at and you get to know those people and, and doing the same type of thing. Now, that thing does not work. If you're, if you're getting a new job all the time, like, Hey, this week, you're going to travel over here and you're going to do that. And this next week, you're going to go over there. Of course that doesn't work. But if you do have a regular trip that you're going to, that's something that you can do. But at the same time too, make friends, if you can, if if whenever you're out there, be friendly, make friends, you know, get to know, get to know people, even if it's, you know, you're going out there because you never know when you might need someone. You never know when you might need to be able to count on someone out there. All right. So the other thing that I would say here is I'd like to really focus on communications because if I was out there, I would want to know what is going on. So if I was a prepper who was having to travel for my, from, for my job, then I would have some kind of ham radio set up and maybe a bigger antenna. So if you uh, you wanted to go the cheap route, you go to the Baofeng, whatever, but then you have an external antenna that maybe you can put on your roof and maybe, you know, so that you can extend it or whatever, so that you can catch, you know, more, uh, you know, a, a better sound, right? And uh, you can catch more out there. And so maybe that is one thing that you could do is have a ham radio that you can dial in and try to get information out there again you might want to have the the different you know frequencies kind of dialed in Uh, if you know where you're going you can you can kind of do that and there's software that you can that you can do that that's kind of easy but what about a weather radio or what about a radio that has shortwave am fm all that good stuff right there's emergency radios out there but there's also just radios that you can get that you don't necessarily have all the bells and whistles sometimes i think all the extra stuff just makes it break easier right i have a, no joke i have a sony dual cassette player dual alarm system that is 29 years old and so i got it when we first got married and you know we're we're going on 29 years or actually yeah going on 29 years and um so we're 28 years, we're going on 29 years. So it's 28 years old. Um, and so like, yeah, I hope my wife doesn't listen to this episode. So 28 years and I'm the sucker works. I mean, I don't use it for cassettes anymore because I don't even think I own a cassette, but the alarm works and it's got a dual alarm. And so I don't know, man, I don't want to get, get rid of that at all. I don't ever think I could replace that something that works as good. So I think sometimes all the extra junk that you have on there. So you have a radio that has solar, that has this, that has that and all this stuff. And it's just extra stuff to break, but I don't know. So that's just my two cents there. Um, I do own those, but I think sometimes if you just have a radio that can dial into these different frequency frequencies, you know, weather, uh, short, short wave, short band, AM, FM, uh, and all that kind of stuff so that you can get information because if you're in a situation where you can't, uh, you know, you just whatever things are, things are happening. You want to know what is going on in the world out there. Then I would add to that a battery charger because you should have your phone. And I believe, I mean, there's some things here in this article that are just like a no brainer, things that are already, you know, we're, we're just believing that they're already in place. Like your cell phone is going to be very, very important. But if you are, you have a battery charger, I have a battery charger that is not very big. It's probably the size of like a king size candy bar, but it can charge up my phone about seven times. So it's very powerful. It has a lot of juice inside of it. And so I would want to have that in case, you know, I can't charge my phone now I can. Right. So I have different options there. Or if I have a radio that can be charged through USB, I want to be able to do that so I can listen to the radio or even a flashlight. If I have a flashlight that can be charged by USB, I want to be able to do that so I can have extra light. And so I think having a battery charger, one of those little bricks, I think it's very, very smart. Now, Derek talked a little bit about having entertainment and having some uh, books in case electricity is not on. But what if you're stranded and you do have uh, electricity, right? So I would like to have a little laptop or a Chromebook or a Kindle. And so a Chromebook is a Google, a Google laptop, right? That is basically just a browser, but you can get to everything on the internet with it. And they're very cheap and they're pretty fast. So you can get one for about $169. And, uh, I mean, it's not a windows machine. It's not going to do, you know, all the windows stuff, but you can get to the internet. And if you have Netflix or Hulu or YouTube, you can still, have that entertainment there if you if you need that. And so uh, the Kindle I I like uh, you know I understand that there might be times where you need to have you know uh, a book because the electricity might uh, not might not be on. But if you have a Kindle and you have a battery charger, you can charge that Kindle several times before you know that battery charger goes dead. And so I think having a Kindle would be a, a smart move as well. Now he talked a little bit about water. He didn't talk a lot about food. And so one of the things that I think would be smart is you can't carry. And so, and the reason I'm going to say this, you can't carry food for like two months worth in a truck like that. It's just, you know, I I guess you could, if you stacked it up all the way up, but it's going to be highly unlikely that you can carry two months worth or even more of food. So one of the things, if you're traveling you might want to consider uh, a product called survival tabs. And I've looked into these before in the past. I have not purchased any for myself, but they are a meal replacement. And so you can get like a 30 day uh, meal replacement. Again, you're eating tabs, you're eating something you're putting nutrition inside of you I'm not saying you're getting a steak dinner it's not even something it might not even be really great tasting but it will sustain you and give you the energy that you need to continue going and the reason I'm saying you can't have all that food for all that length of time is because Derek said in his article somewhere between 50 to 1500 miles so I'm just going to go worst case scenario here and I'm going to say what if you were 15 miles away and you were stranded, and for whatever reason, you were walking home, right? Let's just say worst case scenario, you were walking home, it was one of those things, and you're going to have to walk all the way back to your family. So I looked up, you know, how far can you walk in you know, 1,500 miles? How, how many miles a day can you walk? And so one of, the, one of the statistics that I saw was about 20 miles. If you are an average person with you know, average health, you can easily comfortably walk 20 miles a day. But then here's the rub. If you are doing that, then that's going to take you 75 days to get home if you're 1500 miles away. So it's going to take two and a half months to get home. And so that is in perfect conditions. That is if you're walking 20 miles a day, every single day, maybe some you walk more, maybe some you walk less, but you're going to be walking for a long time. And so, you know, that's one of those things to consider uh, that you, you're going to need food. And so, yeah, you can take, you can fish, you can, you know, trap, you can hunt, you can do all that kind of stuff, but that's going to take away time from you being able to walk and get home. So that's why I I talk about the survival tabs that that might be something you want to look into. The other thing that I, I was thinking about and bringing up is instead of using maybe a stroller is maybe using a bike. Now there's fold up bikes that you can use and you can buy. Some are better than others. Some have better reviews on Amazon than others, but I looked up the uh, statistics on biking 1500 miles and someone said someone is almost is like three weeks, right? Basically three weeks somewhere around there. Again, that's perfect conditions. That is, you are basically, you know, you're healthy, you are, you know, going uh, on pretty much level ground and there's no issues with your bike and and all that kind of stuff. Right. And so you have that aspect. So I don't know, man, maybe if I was thinking I was going to be 1500 miles away and that was happening on a regular basis, I think I would want to have a bike, a little fold up bike and maybe a cart that I could uh, carry behind. Right. Something that I can connect. And so I can carry some of the things there. The other thing to think about is that when you are getting home, you got your get home bag or your bug out bag or whatever you want to call it, and you have it, you know, you have it in a cart or you have it away from you, then you always have that possibility of it being, being separated from it. And then you also, so you can carry it on you, you can have it on you, but at the same time, you know, you just got to remember that, you know, whatever you have on you at that time, that is what you have. And so it might be smart to have, uh, you know, cause I'm thinking trying to bicycle, you know, in a fold up bike with a, uh, you know, with, with a big old bug out bag on, and maybe with a little cart or something, you're pulling that behind. I don't know. So I'm just trying to process all of that and, and thinking how much weight could a fold up bike have. And you know, you're, you're limited. So it depends on your weight, your health, all that kind of stuff. So all of that to say this, if you are a traveling prepper, Or if you are a person that is on the road, and maybe you visit family on a regular basis, there is more of a need for you to be prepped and aware, to be aware of what is going on in the world. You know, I was joking in church today about visiting my chiropractor, and this last Monday, and she asked me, you know, hey, how's it going? And jokingly, sometimes I guess I feel kind of comfortable with her. And uh, we kind of joke about a lot of different things, but I say, well, you know, the the world is burning. So, uh, you know, what do you, what do you, what do you think? And she goes, well, what do you mean that the world is burning? I'm like, well, what do you mean that you don't know what the world is burning? She goes, well, I, I know that the Amazon forest is, you know, was on fire here recently. And so adjust there's a lot of people that don't know what's going on, you know? And I'm like, well, do you know that there's riots in Brazil and there's riots in Ecuador and there's riots in Chile and there's riots in France and, you know, there's riots in Malta and all these things are are going on. I mean, that's just riots, right? There's all these other things going on. You're like, well, no, I'm not really aware of all that type of stuff, right? You're kind of freaking me out. And there's people that don't want to hear that stuff there's people that don't want to hear it. So like I'm starting to change the subject, right? So I can't, I can't drop that kind of information on her when, when she's about to crack me, you know, crack my, my, my back and stuff. So, you know, you, you got to be aware of what's going on. There's a lot of people out there that just don't know what is going on. There's a lot of people out there that just, you know, they're, they're on social media and, you know, all they're doing is watching videos of cats and you know all the little fun funny memes that happen but you're not aware of what is happening so if you are a person now i you always i always say and you know that right that you have to be prepped and aware but if you are a person that is on the road or you are someone that travels you know to family and stuff you're not around your family on a regular basis then you need to be prepped and aware you need to know what is going on which gets me to my very, very last point. If I was on the job and I was concerned that things were going down, right? If, if things were, were starting to get dicey because I was staying prepped and aware, because I was in communication, what was going on and I was listening and all that good stuff, then I would leave the job a little early, make an excuse to get home so that I can be home, uh, you know, so I wouldn't have to, you walk 1500 miles or even 500 miles or even 100 miles so that I can you know, clear that distance as, as fast as possible so that I can get home. So if, th- if things did go bad, if things did go sideways, that I was there with my family, I wouldn't want them to be uh, alone. And so again, very important to be prepped and aware, be knowledgeable of what is going on in the world and what that means for you. It's not to fear. It's not to freak out. It's not to you know go underneath your, your bed and to just stay there until the, you know, until the world straightens all out again. We live our lives. We do what we need to do, right? We, we do what we have to do, but we just are aware. That's the way people have lived since the very beginning of time. There's always been something. There's always been something that could be out there, and we just need to make sure that we are able to meet it with our preparations with what you know our knowledge and also any preps that we have that we are able to face that and we are able to know what we need to do because people are counting on us all right guys well that's what i have for you and i just again i'm going to link to this article on uh ed that matters i'm going to link to it in the show notes come on over to it and if you have any comments or anything you like to add or maybe you'd like to ask Derek a question, go ahead and drop it in the comment section and, and uh, we'll see if Derek will get over there and answer some questions for you. I think that would be great to be able to do that and uh, to have that conversation about uh, what you know, what it's like to be a prepper that's traveling and maybe you're you're new to preparedness but you do travel and maybe you want to be a little bit better prepared and maybe you can ask some questions over there so uh, i would love to have you over at add that matters or come over to episode 608 and you can leave a comment there as well well everyone that is it for episode 608 hey don't forget to subscribe to the show click the subscribe button on your podcast catcher and that way you never miss another episode of sweet prepper goodness and take a moment to connect with me I have a link in the show notes that you can join the Prepper website email list and you can be made aware of what is happening, what is going on in the Prepper community. Uh, I try to send out every Tuesday, not every Tuesday, like I didn't send out this last Tuesday, but I will be sending out this Tuesday for sure. And then Saturday, I always send out the Saturday prep. So I'd love for you to be a part of the email list. And when you do, I have a great Freebie that you get. It's uh, 25 must read articles for the preparedness community. And so you'll get that download when you sign up for the Prepper website email list. Hey, don't forget to come over to Prepper website. We link to somewhere between 8 to 12 articles every single day. The, bre- the best preparedness stuff out there. And don't forget, we have web pages that are specific to alternative media, DIY, uh, firearms. Uh, frugal living, just all a bunch of conspiracy theories, just a bunch of great stuff over there. So that's going to be on the corner of Prepper website. Do the little drop down menu and you can get to those pages over there. All right. Well, with that, choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government grid or the grind. Until next week, stay prepped and aware. Peace.